Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to City Church. We are so glad you are all here. Um, if you feel comfortable doing so, you may want to move in because um, we're all, there's a lot of people. This is so exciting. So welcome to City Church. My name is Tiger. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm so happy you're here. City Church is a radically welcoming community on the journey toward Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And I'm so happy if you've been here before, I'm so happy you're back. I'm so happy you're here. And if this is your first time, also so happy you're here. Uh, City Church is a little different and we are, whoever you are, we're super excited about it. And I like to say, we won't just tolerate you, we will celebrate you, whatever you are. So welcome and here's Brenna. Yes, I wanna echo that welcome. You too much. Brenna Rubio, one of the co-pastors here. My pronouns are she, her, and this is my co-pastor, Bill White. <laughs> Good to be with you folks tomorrow. Let me, can I check your pack to see if it's on? Yeah, uh, somewhere. It's on. Okay. That is on. Let me check, make sure it's not muted. Okay. It's a little awkward, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I trust him, he's not. my co-pastor. No, okay. That, that just happens. Well, uh, you know, it's kind of a city church moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not the fancy church. We're like, we think that's normal and it's actually healthy and good to just like, yeah. Mike's figure, not working. That's all right. It out, that so. is okay. Um, but we are so glad to get to celebrate with all of you. I want to echo what Tiger just said. And if you have an empty seat next to you and you would be willing to squish towards the middle, just in case, because you know it's somewhat normal around here for people to show up a little bit late, and that way any latecomers, yeah, you know, a little, little fashionably late, uh, they'd be able to get to a seat easily and see where, where they, could, they could have a seat. Um, we have been having so much fun with our kids during this Christmas season, and we have some amazing kids here with us today. I know we have a few in our nursery, which is still open this morning. Parents, just so you know, zero to three, if you want the nursery, it is there. But kids who are here to celebrate Christmas with us, we want to be able to share a little of what you've been doing in kids ministry over the last few weeks. And so if you would be willing, kids, and you want to come down and kind of sit right here on the steps for us, we want to share some of the work you've been doing about dreaming. So kids, anybody willing to come? Come, come be up with us. Down, yeah, kiddos. Come on down, kiddos. You can. You don't have to bring your candle. We're not going to light them right now, but you can. Yeah. Oh, Look at these awesome kids. These hey, and you are welcome Henry. to come up, kids, hey, even Grayson. if it is your first Sunday here. You, will, you can still be involved. Because here's what our kids have been doing. As we, as a church, we've been leaning in and thinking about what it means to be those who dream, who let this great big story of Jesus, of Christmas, lead us forward into longing into believing that the world, while beautiful now, could be even more beautiful, could be even more awesome, could be even more whole. We've been having those same conversations in kids' ministry with the kids, and it's been really fun. And one of the things that they have been doing 
um, as part of responding to that, as they've been hearing different stories about people in the Christmas story who have dreamed, is that they've been, they've been writing these little, little cards sharing some of their dreams. And so what we want to do today is we're not going to read all of them. A few of them are scattered here at front. If the kids want to read them or adults later, you can come up and look at them and, and see what some of the other dreams are. But we're going to read out a few of the dreams. And for both the kids up front and all of you who are young at heart out there, we want to invite you, if you share that dream, you're going to say, yes, I dream of that too. We're going to invite you to either stand up if you're able, or if you'd prefer, you could just put a hand up as well, okay, if you share this dream. So I'm going to start. Bill's going to help me too. Are you ready, kiddos? We yeah. need you to stand if, if this is your dream also. Okay. You, didn't have, you don't have to be the one who wrote it, but if you like that dream, if you're like, yes, I embrace that dream, you can stand up. Okay. First dream. I have a dream to travel. Anybody? Yeah. I see hands up. You can put the hands up. Oh, yes. Awesome. Okay. Travel is a big dream. All right, kids. Uh, this is for you. And there may be some others out here. Uh, and so you can just stand or raise a hand if you would like. I have a dream of doing good in school. Anyone? Oh. And Not everyone, but... Yeah. Okay. And I'm imagining some of the adults may be translating for their jobs, too. Oh, but I definitely right. saw some teenagers okay. out there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Here's another one. If you share this dream... And it's, it's got some room for imagination, some room for interpretation. What does this mean to you? I have a dream about my family. Yeah. Yeah, lots of us have dreams about our families. I love it. I think I'm going to, I'm actually going to sneak down here. I want to look you guys in the eyeballs for this one. All right. Because I think, okay. All right. Right here, people. All right, so this is another dream. You ready for this one? And I want to see a show of hands if you're interested in this. I have a dream that no people will be left out or be mean to each other. Is that awesome? Like, like all the, like, hello. I mean, are any hands <laughs> Even Jack not Ellis raised? thinks that's awesome. I love that. Fantastic. All right. Now, Bill wanted to look you in the eyeballs. I actually want to invite you to shut your eyes for this, la this last one that I have. He might have one more, actually, but shut your eyes for this one. And, and kind of that way you can kind of check in with your heart, with your gut. Is this one of your dreams, too? And you'll be able to raise your hands. I have a dream no people will be hated, and people of all colors can play. Can you raise your hand if you share that dream? Yeah. You know, I'm going to just add another dream to that, and this will be my last one. But I have a dream that everyone has all the necessities to live and that everyone is kind. I mean, look at these dreams, right? These are amazing. I love these. Okay. Kids, I just awesome. want to say thank you for inviting us all to dream with you. Your dreams are incredible. I think they are dreams that reflect God's heart in some amazing ways. And they are the dreams of Christmas. They are the dreams of Jesus coming and embodying what it means to love. So thank you. I see you looking at the crafts. You want that part. So I want to invite you. There are some craft bags. Check with your parents before you eat the candy. 
There are also some sheets if you just want to color a picture. I liked our friend who preached to us a couple weeks ago. She invited the kids. If you want to draw us a picture of what we're talking about today, a picture about Christmas, and you want to show it to me or Bill afterwards, we would love to see your pictures if you want to grab some crayons and paper too. And parents, your kids are welcome to come up at any point during the service, get more crafts, get more crayons. We love it. We think it's awesome to have the kids with us today. It is awesome. Yeah, thank God for these kiddos. They are... Woo! So good, so good. So we are in a sermon series, we're thinking about dreams, and today we're thinking about how we are the ones who actually dream. And so we're going to hear a passage today, which is the classic Christmas story. Um, and by the way, kids will be chatty during the message. We think that's pretty normal, and so... Even kind of cool. Yeah, we think that's great. Um, so I'd like to invite up our friend Lewis Thaxton, who's going to read scripture for us today, wherever Lewis is. Come on down, Lewis. If you would thank God for our flautist and elder and leader. So we appreciate you. Oh, you went. Okay. Hold on. He's grabbing his Bible. Got to get thing. his Bible. So uh, typically around City Church, we stand for the reading of scripture. So if you'd like to stand uh, in honor of God and for our friends who are on Zoom, if you want to stand, you can. Uh, you certainly don't have to. Right, so I'm reading uh, Luke 2, nice 1 through, uh, I guess, 20. 20. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in the cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who, heard, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
But Mary treasured up all things, all these things, and pondered, pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Thanks, Lewis, for a very long reading, but yeah, you got to read the Christmas story, right? Yeah, it's a good story. Good story. So when we're thinking about dreams, we're thinking about these dreams that, you know, these, these kids have been working on, like what are their dreams and, and how, how do dreams come about? How do you have a vision for how the world might be different? Um, sometimes it's big and flashy like it was with the shepherds. Most of the times it's not. Most of the times it's a, it's a small feeling in your gut that starts to build over time and you start to wonder if things could be different in a particular area where you have a vision for what's, what's beautiful, what could be good. Sometimes it does come in a, in a blinding flash. The, the thing is that dreams come because God sees this world, sees it better than it is now. Mm -hmm. And God is actually in work, at work in each, each one of us. And so God is, is speaking with you. Sometimes simple ways, most of the time simple ways, sometimes in big ways. Inviting you into something bigger than yourself. To fix, to heal, to reconcile, to create, to express beauty, to celebrate. This is what God has always been doing and was doing that first Christmas as well. Mm -hmm. And so this is what it looked like. Here's the big flashy moment for the shepherds in chapter 2 of Luke verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. I just want to suggest that if your dreams don't scare you some, they're probably not quite big enough. Most of the people, and, and I see a number of folks here who, who actually have hopes and dreams of a, of a world that would be different, and they're like, I don't know what to do with this. This is so big. I don't know how this could happen with my life or in my family or my neighborhood, my world. Well, you're, you're actually supposed to be a little bit scared. That's normal. And part of the challenge with all this is, how do we carry that vision into our day-to-day -day lives? What, what God has spoken, whether it's a small and creeping, expanding picture of how the world could be, or whether that's, it's that big, flashy moment, how do we carry that forward and actually do something with it? There's a, a quote from a book that I really like called The Skeptical Believer, uh, which really kind of, just the title is sort of a city church title, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but this is what uh, the author says. There is simply a numbing quality to the everyday ordinary. The chug, chug, chug of day after day, task after task, routine after routine. Spiritual happens, spiritual highs happen uh, along from time to time but they quickly disappear into that bottomless pit we call the past. One of the problems with great worship experiences and other encounters with God 
is that you don't die right after they're over. You have to go to the parking lot. Right? I mean, this is the problem with dreams, right? You, the day-to-day -day is going to, it's coming tomorrow. <clears throat> or actually not tomorrow, because tomorrow's Christmas, you know, and that's pretty big. But the day after, the day after. And the ordinary is coming, and what are we going to do with that? It is tricky. And yet we get this example in this story of these, I'm going to say not just ordinary, but actually marginalized people who receive this great big dream, this great big vision, and we see them respond. We receive them do more than just go, oh, wow, that was pretty, and then like roll over and go to sleep. No, something in them says, let's go. Let's step into this story. Let's say yes to the dream that has been given to us. The angels left them, went into heaven, and the shepherds say to another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told them about. You know, I was thinking this morning, we have heard so many amazing stories in the last few weeks of people who have dreamed big dreams for the world, have believed in God's incredible, life-changing, transformative love for the world, and have said yes. So I think of our friend Shannon Fernando, who came and, and talked with us. I mean, she lives here in LA. She's a nurse. And she does amazing work on the other side of the world, believing that God can use her, use her really humble, I think often, with fear and trembling sort of efforts to help end world hunger in places like Kenya. I think about our friend Ed Oxford, who shared last week about the incredible work that he's been doing and joining along with other activists to try and help bring more inclusive and affirming spaces, particularly in church spaces for the LGBTQ community. Even believing to put together a movie that would be distributed all over the country and the world to help people think differently about LGBTQ inclusion in the church. These are big dreams. And some of us have those dreams, and all of us, even these little ones, right, are called to, to move into those great big dreams for the world. But this morning, I also feel very aware of those small private dreams we have that God is inviting us to say yes to. I think of a friend that I've been talking with even just over the last few days, and her story reminds me of so many people's stories because she has a tense relationship with her family. There are ways that she does not feel known or accepted, that she has felt hurt, even at times abused. And so she's figuring out, what does it look like for me to love my family this Christmas and to love myself at the same time? Where do I show up? Where do I find other places? Because we go back to this idea that, again, these shepherds weren't just normal. They were often oppressed, marginalized, shoved away from the center. And I have to imagine 
part of them is receiving these words from these angels and going, us? We get the visions? God wants to speak a word to us? They could have so easily just said no out of shame, out of self-loathing, not receiving that God's love isn't just for the entire world, but was actually specifically for them. And so I think of those of us this morning who our ways of saying yes, our ways of taking Christmas and the big moments into the parking lot, it is going to be how do we take it to Christmas dinner with our family and say yes to loving ourselves, even if we don't necessarily have the healthiest mirrors around us at all times. And for some of us, saying yes to God's great big dream will be going and taking a walk on the beach instead or saying yes to the friend who invited us over to play games tonight. For some of us saying yes will be, we're saying yes to sobriety. We're saying yes to less social media this next month. There are all sorts of yeses that we get to say to live into this dream that God loves the world and God loves us and loves all the little ones amongst us. I was kind of hanging, I was enjoying Rory, man. He, was, mm -hmm. he, had, he had things to say. Yeah. Fine by me if he stays. Um, so, so what do we do with our dreams, right? In, in, in this passage, there's that great line at the very end in Luke 2, verse 19, where it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. There's a sense in which she's going to hold on to them. And, and the shepherds may have gotten the big wow. And in the past, Mary, you know, she had an angel visit, visitor. But in these moments here, in this passage, Mary's just noticing what's going on around her. God's not speaking to her directly. She is the, the marginalized. She's a, a, a pregnant teenager. She's been forced to migrate mm -hmm. because the powerful want their money and their taxes and, and are, are causing this census to, to shift everyone back to these local centers so that they can be registered and they can get more conscripts for their military and money for their pockets. And Mary is just a pawn in someone else's game. And the shepherds are saying these crazy things. And Mary's holding them, all of this, in her heart. Going, what is this all about? What am I going to do with this? What does a faithful life look like? What, what does it mean? What is God up to? And we get to do that. We get to hold on to the dream. We get to pay attention to what's happening around us and, and ponder and ask, God, what are you up to? What are you saying? What am I going to do with that? And so towards that end, we want to invite up our friend Serena Backrews. Serena, where are you? If you would come right and join us on stage. Oh, there she is, front row. Woo! Come on now. Welcome up, Serena. Come on up. Um, you want to? Yeah, OK. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Serena is on our board and uh, is, is a leader here in our midst. So tell us, um, Serena, a little bit about uh, how long have you been around City Church and why are you, why are you still here? Why am I still here? Um, we've been coming here for about six years. I thought it was six years last spring, but no, it's upcoming six years. Okay. Um, and we found City Church on Yelp. I love to say that. Um, we were dirt shopping, and at that time, our children were really small, and so we were looking for a church that had young families, and we just, it was a good fit for us, and we just, our children have been growing. We've been growing with the church ever since. I got to right. hear to this morning about how they plan to catch Santa tonight. It was oh, delightful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get our phone ready into mm -hmm. the tree and, they have, you know, They have a good flower. plan. Yeah. They have a plan. I hope Santa doesn't outsmart them, but, I'm, you know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and growing up. So um, you are a doctor. You're a psychologist, yes. right? So you have a fancy doctoral degree. <laughs> So you're like one of the fancy people, but you didn't grow up like that. No, not and even you're close. Actually still that, you're still that, that fancy. Let, no. let, let, let's be it's honest. Just the sparkles for today, that's it's it. Just, that's it's just the sparkles. But tell us, like, how did you grow up? What was your visions of what you would do with your career? What, what did your family, did they have visions for you? Or was it, how did you end up being a, a oh, therapist? Man. Okay, so um, I grew up on the East Coast. Um, my mom is, was an immigrant from Colombia. She immigrated here when she was five. Um, my dad is an um, African-American man, grew up on the south side of Chicago, and they both ended up on the East Coast in Maryland, Virginia. Mm. And they met and fell in love when my mom was high school, dropped out of school, got married, had me and my brother. And then my dad made some mistakes, and so he was gone. Um, he was incarcerated for until I was maybe about eight and nine years old. Um, and then single parent mom. She worked three jobs. She didn't have a high school diploma or anything, so she had to hustle. She had to work. So with that, my brother and I, we were latchkey kids, and we struggled too. And it was to the point where my mom was like, we need some support. We lead a lot on the church. There was a ch Christian church counselor, and we had therapy for the first time. We went to counseling, family therapy. And How old were you when you were I was there? probably about 12 at that point oh or gosh. so. Wow. And um, we just needed a lot of support. Yeah. So that was kind of my introduction, other than being the sounding board for my mom and you know, just kind of helping her figure things out. Um, mediating between her and my brother, where my brother really struggled to. Um, and just also going to school and like, I want to get good grades because my mom's, uh, I got to, I got to step up here. Gotta step up for the family. Yeah. So loved psychology, took an AP class, fell in love with it. First person. In high school. In high school. That's yeah. Awesome. In high school. So first one to go off to college and then it just kind of snowballed masters and the degree and i was like okay i guess i mean i was a professional student that's that's how i really was <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> just kept going so yeah so now met my husband in college and um we moved out here to california he was the first one to get his to come here and yeah now we have two great kids and i have my own private practice online and this is wow. here we are well wow. Quite a journey. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just your story speaks, you know, I, and it's just like, wow, that's right. 
you know, there, there's a sense in which God's been at work in, in your family, in your parents, um, and in you. And so I think in some ways we can just honor that as is. Um, and, th and then on top of that, I, so you and I talked just briefly this week and you shared an encounter you had with a client. Um, and I just, I just, when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, you have to tell people. I mean, it's just a picture of what it looks like to have a dream as a, as a 12 year old meeting with the therapist for the first time, taking AP psychology in high school and being a peer counselor or whatever you were as, as a teenager, as a kid, and yet wondering if you might participate in the healing of others. But tell us a little bit about the, the client this week and, and, and why they were special to you and, and what, what, what that was like. So I'm only virtual online, um, and so I meet with individual adults and with couples. Um, but this has been a season where I've been meeting with a lot of my adult college students, and they've been wrapping up their first semester of college, um, or you know maybe they're halfway through and everything like that. So um, one in particular, I've been working with them um, since they were in junior uh, junior in high school. Wow. And so, again, all virtual. Uh, they are a child of Filipino parents, immigrants, and the, we've been kind of working through their anxiety and depression, and they're the first ones to go off to college, and they've finished their first semester, and it was just kind of like really hard on themselves. They were hard on themselves about their, you know, how did I do with finals? Like, I don't know how I did. This has been really tough. And um, so, since I'm virtual, I wanted to like, set, like, you, you finished your first semester, you got your finals done, this is great. So I actually have pom-poms, and so I pull them out pom -pom. and I like shake you them hear on that. the screen. Pom -pom. What color are they? You have to uh, tell they're, us. They're multicolored, they're like okay. rainbow color. I just want the visual. Pom-poms, okay. yes. <laughs> so I pull them out and you know I start shaking them on the screen. Yes, you did it, this is amazing. Like I know this is a big deal, but it's hard, but you did it. And they just ended up weeping and just crying because it's like, okay, you, you get it. I can't tell my parents this, they, they don't understand at all. And so we just kind of cried together because this is just a big moment and they're just trying to get through it. And they did it and I'm just so proud of them. But, but do you see the dream, right? Yeah. You see the dream as, as, as a kid mm -hmm. and growing up and, and then the, this dream, like, like she's, she's living into it. She's like the shepherd, they had to go and to the manger and Mary, she had to hold on to this stuff for a while. I mean, for, I mean, how, how many years of school, right? A, a long time. But then the dream as it starts to like, it starts to change the world one pom-pom at a time, you know? And now another- so random. They're like, what, what, is, what is going on? They no, but it's so just it's beautiful. It's just really remarkable. And I, how, would you say you've seen God in this or how is, was, oh, did you feel, yes. I mean, I don't want to yes. over-spiritualize things. Oh no, but absolutely. Like, is, is that a piece of this puzzle, even with this client? Yes, absolutely. I feel like I get goosebumps all the time and I feel like I'm leaning into what God has been sharing and, and just in that presence. Um, and I light my candle and I, I, I pray before I go into my sessions, I pray mm -hmm. after, and I'm just so thankful that God literally like put me into this wow. space, into this role. And mm -hmm. I get to do that That's amazing. moving mm -hmm. forward. So it's, it's such a blessing. That is amazing. It's beautiful. Um, typically we give uh, people on stage the chance <laughs> if they would like to ask a question of, of, of Brenna or myself. Notice how he's pointing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you can you can ask a question. We don't know what the questions might be beforehand, so it's always a little bit of a, of a you know yeah. wild card. If um, not, that's fine too. No, I, I, I was able to. <laughs> so I know we have been talking about dreams and visions. What is your dream right now? What is your vision? Um, and what seems to be the challenge that you're facing um, that may be part of that obstacle of achieving that dream or that vision right now? I'll go first. You go first. Yeah. I've been thinking. So great question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, great yeah. That. Yeah. Wow. How thoughtful. Um, so actually, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and uh, we just had some time as a family sharing about some of this stuff uh, yesterday morning. And, you know, I really and, and I, you, this is probably not surprising for a bunch of you, but I really sense a, a calling into the space of helping churches become more inclusive particularly of LGBT people. And so Brennan and I have a, a small little um, nonprofit on the side where we do some coaching. And this fall, we started these cohorts for pastors of churches who are thinking about becoming more inclusive. And, uh, you know, I, that's my dream. My dream is to see hundreds and thousands of churches shift to become more like Christ in how they welcome the LGBT community. Um, and yeah. I'm... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, yeah, it's a big deal for me. Um, and an immediate challenge, you feel like? Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. So like, there's no challenges with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, be honest. Like, what, what frustrates me most? Um, you know, we're leading another cohort in January, and we have, I think, five or six pastors signed up, and there literally should be six hundred. Mm. Like, I mean, I know all the churches. I talk to their. The, the pastor's kids call me and say, hey, I'm gay. Like, what do I do? Like, I, I'm just so incredibly frustrated and sad that um, Christians are so scared. And I don't know how to help that, how to help us have conversations about reality. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. So I find myself praying, frustrated, crying, sometimes yelling. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I feel like I'm like I want to have a a dream that's like more distinctly different than Bill's. <laughs> oh, sorry, I should have let you know. No, go first. it's all right. It's all right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little story for my dream. So um, I was actually um, having a conversation um, with a young trans child who is a minor, and so I'm gonna leave nameless, and they should not out themselves if they hear themselves right now. Um, but I was having this conversation with this, this young trans child and who was struggling a bit with friends, understanding uh, his transition. And, and I was trying as best I could in my, you know, adult language to try and like, you know, just don't get it. And hey, it can be hard because parents sometimes don't get it. And I'm just stumbling through and the, the child just kind of stops me and says, hey, I know, I know, I know. Not everybody goes to church because they go to city church. And you all are such a picture of welcome and inclusion. They can't imagine a church space that doesn't do that. They can't imagine a church space that isn't about full embrace, full welcome for everybody from every walk of life. Isn't about all of those dreams that we talked about this morning. Um, and on the one hand, it was so sad, like it was a gut punch, right? To have to say, um, actually, kiddo, 
Um, some of these people are hearing it in their churches. Um, and yet it was also this really powerful and beautiful vision of this is what the church can be. So um, I think Bill spoke to a lot of the challenges, but also to say, thank you friends for leaning into the vision. Thank you for being um, the, the opposite of the obstacles, for being here and being so welcoming and loving and creating safe spaces for each other. Yeah. And thank you, Shreena. I need a luck. Thank you are awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Shreena. Uh, I'm going to turn it over yeah. to you. Yes. I'm. We are going to, Joe, if you wouldn't mind just a bit early putting up this beautiful image um, that we have from our friends at Sanctified Art, an image of the Christ child. And we've seen so many children today and even that last story that I didn't know I was gonna tell. It's an image of hope. This little baby, this tiny, embodiment of love and light of dreams that can and should and will be fulfilled. We get to spend a little time looking at this image, centering on Jesus this morning, this Jesus who taught us how to love, who loved us so deeply and so completely. And what we heard in Serena's story, what we see in Mary's story, it's not coming as quickly as we want in our own lives, in the world around us. And yet we are still invited to lean in and we are invited to take the steps. We get to be the ones who dream this Christmas. Our friend David Mercier is gonna come up and lead us